Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Second hour is here. OutKick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Crew is all here making it happen for us. Hit us up on Twitter at OutKick 360. That's where you can chime in. Coming up. Behind the numbers of Augusta National, uh, the, mo- the money they're estimated to make off of a typical weekend at Augusta and what they could be making off their TV contracts. I think the TV aspect of things will surprise you. We- we've got that uh, coming up. Also, we will discuss uh, the World Cup coming up in Qatar and the amount of money and resources being poured in for this. Um, that will also make you raise an eyebrow or two. Duke gets another five-star commitment and much more. Um, guys, the, the Denver Broncos accepting bids for the purchase of their franchise, and they could end up being purchased by the Walton family, the heir of the Waltons, owners of Walmart, uh, Sam's Club, and beyond. Uh, the son of Helen and Sam Walton, his name is Rob, and he's expected to put in a $4 billion bid, at least $4 billion. That's where you have to get to before you can even get above the threshold of seeing your bid uh, approved or uh, accepted, yeah, even considered. Um, he's expected to put a $4 billion bid for the team. Walton is the heir to all the inheritance, and he's worth $70 billion. Um, now it's not necessarily going to go to the highest bidder and that's because the highest bidder could hypothetically be Jeff Bezos if he wanted it, right? He could come in and offer 15 billion if he wanted to, but the ownership has to approve him. Two thirds of the ownership must vote It's 24. I believe 24 of the 32 would vote you in. Uh, for approval to be a part of league membership, league owner. Um, There's talk that Rob Walton could get that necessary bump considering that his cousin is married to one of the owners already in Stan Kroenke. So there's already a Walton within the ownership family, owner of the Los Angeles Rams, and that if Rob Walton wants to put a $4 billion bid up for Denver – he would meet the criteria to then have the background track. I may be wrong on this, Hut. Is is there a provision? Do you know if there's a provision with the Broncos' current ownership that they have to accept the highest offer? I think they may have to accept the highest to offer to go to to take it to the league. Yeah, but they, then the league doesn't necessarily have to take that. That's right. But the Broncos initially have to accept that and take that to the league. Yeah, and I, I think what will happen is if you, if you have a qualifying offer, odds are odds are the the NFL will know which ones to take 
further. Yeah, and with know, this Kroenke connection, you, you know, you would be in pretty. Well, the good number state. I've seen is uh, is upwards of four point five. That Hutton, you're right, four billion just to be under consideration, and that it's going to be four point five to five billion, which will be the highest valued team, biggest sell in history. Uh, two two point seven billion is the biggest so far. The Brooklyn Nets. When they sold three, four years ago. Well, the most in the NFL the is 2.2. Yeah. 2.2. I'm saying in all of professional sports was 2.7. This can go for 4.5 at least mm-hmm. is the thought. And if it's Rob Walton, he's the 19th richest person in the world. So obviously has the money to do it. 77 years old. Um, I mean, I feel like if you're a Bron- – always try to look at these things from what if you're a fan of that team? It's fun to talk about billionaires and what they can do. But if you're a fan of the Broncos, what do you prefer? And I always feel like I err on the side of the richest person to own my team, right? <laughs> like if you want something – I would want Jeff Bezos to own my professional team. Well, you know- I'd rather Jeff Bezos own the Atlanta Braves than a conglomerate of Liberty Media – and this group that owns them right now, right? But you've seen Jeff Bezos build a company and be smart. This is an inheritor, right? Um, am, I, am I correct? Did he, did he build the company, or is he no, Sam second Walton. generation? Sam Walton He's built the son Walmart. of Sam Walton. He's a son. So I worry there, Chad, about maybe he's just a spoiled kid. He's a 77-year-old kid. He's no kid. But... He could just be an, an inheritor who didn't do smart things to land his fortune. And that worries me, too, as a fan of the team. I want assuredly smart rich, not just filthy rich. Well, he's been, I mean, yes, Sam Walton started the company, but Rob Walton has been chairman and led the company since Sam's death in 1992. All right. So uh, Walmart has gotten a lot bigger since yeah. 1992. So I think whatever he's done has worked in terms of running that business. Yeah, he's worth 70 bill. <laughs> yeah, I, I would <laughs> whatever, have no issue. Uh, whatever no he's issue run is that. okay. I, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to your relationship with with the ownership group, and if you're in, the, if you're always going to do whatever's in the best interest of that group, is it going to lift all ships? Right. Um, is it? Are you going to cast a bad light on? ownership but he was asking it from a fan perspective i mean from a fan perspective i i want to i would want to make sure that the owner doesn't want to move cities i mean that that comes first and And denver's a great city to live in and with a relatively new stadium no matter where i am and i want if i'm a denver broncos fan i want somebody who's going to be like pat bowling i would want the guy to say initially i strive to run an organization like Pat Bolin ran an organization because that was good, steady, yeah. quality, well, this, and league-influential ownership for a long time. Here's the other thing, too. We can focus Hall on... Of fame ownership. We can focus on... His full name, by the way, is Robson Walton, which is a very oh, rich name. Robson. Robson. Uh, he prefer is, that to Chad? Well, Rob Walton has not been uh, the chairman since 2015. He, he turned it over to his son-in-law. Greg Penner is now the chairman of, of Walmart and all of their holdings. But I see this way more as the guy's 77. Not going to be This long is an investment it. in his family. It's going to pass on to everyone who runs Walmart. The, the family, the heirs of Sam Walton, own about 50% of the company. So this is yet something else that they can have in their family. That's not a bad family to have controlling no. interest over what you're doing from a business perspective. So it's not just, I wouldn't just focus on Him. Rob Walton, 77 year old son of Sam Walton. 
owning the Denver Broncos, this is the Walton family from now throughout time, as long as they want it, will own an NFL franchise. And I think if I'm a Broncos fan, looking at it from their perspective, I'm loving this. Other than the jokes about, you know, are you going to put a McDonald's inside of the stadium like they have one in every Walmart? All the Walmart jokes people are going to make. Other than that, this is a great move. The fact of the matter is, though, you don't know. David Tepper looked like he would be great, and so far he's not been great. Jim Haslam looked like he would be great, and he recently said, until recently we didn't know what we were doing, which is what every Cleveland Browns fan thought about him, and he actually spoke into the ether. So there's just it's a completely, we all know, owning a sports franchise, particularly owning an NFL franchise, is a whole different deal than being a good business person in different realms. You're hopeful that it leads to good thing and that it leads to hiring well, smart people, but you never know. I, I don't want to sit here and take up for everything that the Haslam's do, but it's not like they took over the Browns and did nothing. I mean, oh, they, they tried. They, they immediately tried to think outside the box by hiring uh, Sashi Brown, is that right. his name? Yeah. Uh, and trying to go more analytical, embracing that. Now every team across the league has somebody involved with analytics. He tried to run his entire organization behind the numbers. Uh, they've just traded and you know made a move for well, a quarterback, it's... and now they, they, they weren't able to find a quarterback for how many years? Um, I mean, he, he's invested money. Meanwhile, in Tepper, I mean, Tepper's only had the team for, I mean, Three. less than a decade. It's le- maybe less than yeah, six no, years. It might be four or five years. Um, uh, way too early to judge that, and he's he's immediately trying to scour and find a franchise quarterback. But so. he's having huge issues with like their practice facility building. Yeah, but they're moving their practice facility. No, the one that they're building, they've walked out on. They're they're in a huge uh, argument with Rock Hill, South Carolina, on property. I think Tepper's probably good, but I'm just saying. The transfer, you don't know. And uh, I agree with you about the Haslam's. They tried different stuff, but ultimately the people they put in power – Got them to you, Jackson. You know, so you just... Yeah. You, There's you only just so know. much you can do with a salary cap. I mean, it's one thing if you're just some billionaire that'll spend whatever and go over the luxury tax and, and spend all that in baseball or wherever, right? But there's only so much you can do under the construct of a salary cap. Mike Brown is known as a terrible owner. Yes. And I saw a lot of celebrations about Mike Brown when Cincinnati got all the way to the Super Bowl this year. About him there. I mean... A, a, oh, good, a good quarterback and a good coach. Guard. Good quarterback, good coach can make you, anyone look smart. Good GM, right? I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Well, just putting the right people in place. I think in the NFL it's a little bit different because if you're a fan of a team in another sport where you can go over a salary cap, to me, then all the thinking is who's going to spend the most on personnel. My other question for my is, team. My other question is, you know. I, I would hope he comes in and he's a, a man on his own and he doesn't latch on to, like, I'm a Jerry Jones guy automatically and you could count me in Jerry's Jerry's pocket on big league votes, you know, that I would spread myself out amongst Robert Kraft and listen to all the smart owners and give consideration. Not, hey, Jerry Jones really campaigned for me coming in and now I'm indebted to Jerry Jones. I'm going to go yeah, along. Yeah, but you with say that. that. But then, I mean, if you don't want to do it, then they'll they'll sell to the Philly, Philadelphia 76ers owner who will. They'll vote yeah. you through. Right. There's tough politics there. And to, I'm just using this as an example because uh, the 76ers owner um, is also uh, reportedly making a bid, and he's on top of a, a management firm that is worth billions as well, um, and he's trying to add to his sports portfolio. And look, there, there's a reason why these. Uh, we call them kids, the, the heirs to 
uh, this type of money invest in the NFL, and that's because every single year, you make a- your your every single year your franchise is valued more than what you paid for it. Um, at Stan Kroenke is a great example. Stan Kroenke, in a story I didn't hit last week, Stan Kroenke's value. This is why you bow down to the other owners and you become uh, a proxy voter for whoever wants it. He bought the Rams in, and he had a minority stake in the Rams in 1995. But he he purchased the majority share of the team for 450 million. I was going to guess three hundred in 2010. 2010, 12 years ago. Right now, his franchise is worth 4.8 billion. And it's because his franchise is in Los Angeles and not St. Louis. And he so you the kiss palace. the rings of all the people around the league and you vote their way and you host the NFL's practice facilities and eventually you're going to host uh, media, you know, headquarters. media headquarters, which they have, and you'll, you'll host the combine and all this stuff. But he went from investing and paying $450 million 12 years ago to now owning the Rams outright. He has a tenant for the Chargers that pay him for the rights to have their home games there, and his franchise is worth nearly $5 billion, more than what the Denver Broncos are going to likely sell for. And the billionaires that know this want to buy in because even if they don't sell, let's say they inherit. They inherit a team. They're guaranteed, this is before the new television contract comes in, they're guaranteed $222 million per year in payment per team that's what they're making blank slate if they're the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one overall pick or if they're the Rams who just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's an it's it, absolute goal. It's mind. a business to be in that's only going up. It's really hard to screw it up if you can get into the ownership fraternity. And, and that's why you agree to vote a certain way or do certain things to either move your team and relocate or just be a part of the voting group. Because once you're in... You're in, You're by in. the way. Daniel Snyder's not getting out. You're in. Stephen Ross probably isn't getting out. Well, Rob Walton would be the richest person, richest owner of an NFL team, uh, 19th richest in the world. The only sports owner in America that's richer is Steve Ballmer, who is currently building his own facility in L.A. for the Clippers, who's ninth. And, oh, by the way, there are two other Waltons right ahead of Rob Walton. Jim Walton, Alice Walton are 16th and 18th. He's 19th. So nice three family. members of the Walton family are in the top 20 globally. And also, Elon Musk, uh, this is according to Forbes magazine, this year has passed Jeff Bezos as richest person, richest on, person on earth. Richest person on earth. Elon Musk won, Jeff Bezos two. The Bernard Arnault and family group in France is three. Yeah. Bill, Bill Gates four, Warren Buffett five. Uh, the Arnolds. Yes. Maybe Arnault is Ar- French. Arnault. I'm going to guess Arno. It makes it's like for the average sports fan, it makes way too much sense to want to make a bid, you know, and purchase an NFL franchise. But, you know, what, uh, two or three months ago, we were discussing ownership groups, Elway and Manning trying to get the groups together. These are individuals. (laughs) You've got, you're competing against these guys. The guy who owns the 76ers, uh, Josh Harris, I believe is his name. And then you have Rob Walton. Don't you so just, we're just get, like yeah? yeah I, I'm anticipating making a bid for four and a half. I mean, if you're Rob Walton, don't you just go recruit Peyton or Elway or both to be a part of your group, and that's part of the pitch? Well, why these do guys it? are going to be a part of the Broncos? Why do it if the owner's going to vote you in either way? 
Why give them part ownership? No, I'm not saying give part ownership. I'm saying these guys are going to be a part of our group. We're going to pay them handsomely, but we want to endear ourselves to Denver and be a part of the Broncos' lore and history and everything else. And to prove that, I've got John Elway and Peyton Manning both backing me, Rob But This is very similar to a college coaching search. You're going to have a lot of people that make all these offers and people get talked to, and then at the end of the day, you're going to hear about one offer that was selected that's presented to the league. And once it gets to the league, you know those guys are getting voted I also believe the NFL is such a tight-knit group with their owners. They deep down don't want someone too rich. They want someone around where they are. On the Forbes list. Well, not too rich. I don't think they want to go too high on that. Not too rich, too powerful. Too rich and too powerful. But I'm thinking maybe Rob Walton. Maybe not because there's a member of the family, his cousin, that you mentioned married to Stan Kroenke. But maybe Rob Walton is seen as too rich, too powerful for them. Much like Jeff Bezos is probably seen as too powerful for NFL ownership from the other owners. It could help you in a lot of ways. See, th- these are the conversations I'd love to be involved with with the, the fly on the wall, like how they what determine the how richest, rich? the, the wealthiest among the wealthiest and turning down the top money because you feel like they would lead you down a path and sway other owners more than the sway that you currently have over certain owners. Like it, it's, all about, it's all a big, big brother power play is how I would view this. It's a game in a way on how you can – how the top guys with the most power keep the power that they have, the the uh, the sway that they have within the group, right? I could see Jerry saying, let him in. He didn't know ball the way I know ball. He didn't know the league. I think Jerry would be the ringleader of let's not let him in. I think Jerry likes being the top dog, and he doesn't want someone that's, that could threaten that. I don't know that Rob Walton would. I don't know a lot about his personality, but I'm guessing – you're a Walton, and you're the 19th richest person in the world. You've got some swing. 19th. <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh, David Reed money is what they've got. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, the most expensive World Cup in history that some of these billionaires couldn't even finance. It's incredible the numbers behind the World Cup that happens later this year. Uh, in, some in of those Qatar. guys are on the richest list. Yeah, oh, oh, for sure. Uh, details uh, and some numbers that are just staggering next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hit us up on Twitter at OutKick360. Mickelson wanted Saudi money. He's willing to forego all the behind-the-scenes BS. And take the cash. FIFA did it too. That is without a doubt 100% accurate. We know that based on the bribes that Blatter took, then denied. Then he said that uh, Qatar was, he cleared them of any wrongdoing, right, on the bribery aspects and then resigned in 2015, uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, The money involved in this though, like I, I'm fascinated in how you just come up with this type of, of coin. Um, so 
based uh, going back a ways here, in 94, the U.S. spent $500 million on the World Cup in winning that bid. And Qatar, all in, is expected to spend $220 billion. Uh, just in, in Russia in 2018, Russia spent $11.6 billion, which is a ton. And Qatar is averaging $5 billion per stadium for what they're building. $220 billion is, is the estimated price from Forbes and from front office sports. I was blown away by this, Paul. I, I don't want to uh, – look, it's, it, it's exorbitant. It's outlandish. It's, it's unbelievable. And as I said earlier, it's uh, in many ways the cost of getting people to overlook your human rights record in order to bring an event to you. And this is three events in a relatively short span of time that go to questionable countries. You, had the, you mentioned the Russian World Cup, the Beijing Olympics – and now this. But they are starting from scratch. I mean, those billion-dollar stadiums are obviously way more expensive than they need to be. How many billion per stadium did you say? Uh, between 6.5 to $10 billion, But that still leaves $210 billion unaccounted for, according to this report. Okay, so they're starting from scratch with the stadiums because I don't imagine they had any kind of stadium infrastructure. And if they did, it was probably one stadium. And they're creating 8 or 10 um, all, I think, on some kind of transit loop where you can go. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it's lavish. Chad, you can go hop on a, a train, I think, and travel from one game at one stadium to another game at another stadium on the same day on this loop, whereas, you know, here you'd be going from, from Nashville conceivably to, to Chicago or somewhere, uh, a flight at the very least. These are contained in in such a way and Hutton I think they have um even with the having been moved to a November December thing some kind of cooling mechanism in these open air stadiums which you can imagine the the cost of that but I'm not saying that it's not incredibly lavish beyond that it's going to be the most lavish thing ever and then ridiculously Uh, FIFA will hold other places to standards of lavishness that'll never be met again. The next World Cup is here with some games in Mexico and Canada, and we'll have, you know, great games at great stadiums, but it's never going to be what these stadiums are. Nothing will live up to that. And that's oil money and, and corruption at its highest. And, you know, and it, migrant workers, in order to uh, keep their livelihood, um, or, or just have the, the sign-off to leave and go back where they came from. Uh, it's, it, the, the, it's not the government. I, mean, I guess it is the government that signs off on it. But it's, the, it's your company. If you're working for a construction company, just to localize it here, the construction company is the one that signs off on it for you to be able to keep, either keep your status or leave. Like you're under this contract, and it's up to the, the company to, let you to then sign off on it. So you uh, 1.7 million migrant workers make up 90% of the workforce in Qatar of a population of 2.9 million. So And how many people have died already? Yeah, I don't know. A lot. But beyond that, I mean, how many people are, you know, tired of working in these conditions? Um we're ultimately getting paid based on their status, it would it would imagine, uh, status of, you know, being able to Live the life you want to lead, and I, I, 
it's being overlooked by FIFA because they're going to be able to host in this amazing structure. Uh, the, the other thing that what's in it for Qatar is they're losing all of these top designers that are designing these stadiums normally leave the country and come to the United States or move to London, uh, go to uh, somewhere in Europe and, and work there instead of staying home and working for uh, their home country. So they're trying to keep their top talent, their, their top designers and uh, architects in-house, so to speak. The report that, is 6,500 migrant workers have died in already? Qatar wow. since the World Cup's been awarded. That's in a decade since the World Cup got awarded. That's an average of 12 a week. Uh, India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka are where most of the migrant workers are coming from. Average of 12 a week. And these are from different government reports of the other countries. And they even say that's probably a modest number, that it's more than that. Um, is there an international sporting body that's not insanely corrupt? No. IOC, the World Cup. I mean, I, the bigger I, the I sport, hate to the be this corrupt. way because I love the Olympics, and I, you know, that's if I'm yeah. going to watch soccer, I'm watching the World Cup. But whenever you get the whole world together to organize something, is it ever not completely corrupt? Well, think of the size of this. I mean, the World Cup's obviously the biggest sporting event in the world. I mean, uh, but world soccer is monumental, right? English Premier League, Spain, Italy, Germany. These are monstrous powers. They all reconstructed their seasons to pause in November and December, which is prime season for an event that is held traditionally in the summer during off-seasons for these leagues. And they said, FIFA basically said, we're just going to, you reconstruct your season. We're going to hold the World Cup in the winter because the site that we have chosen is unbearably hot and it cannot be played at the typical time for the World Cup. Start there. We're going to hold the World Cup in a place that it is unbearable to play at the time that we typically play it. Right there, it should be scratched off the board. We can't play in Qatar because we play the World Cup in June and it's unseasonably hot. Yeah, but then Seth Blatter gets his pockets lined right. and you overlook it. But, I mean, it's, before that is unheard of. You just wouldn't I mean, it consider think, a place what, that you could What do the United play. States do to get it? Well, the United States brings a different thing to it in terms of uh, – world popularity and more popularity here. And they growth. clearly don't care about that. What did Qatar bring in that? Well, Qatar's bringing the, the corruption and the money. Well, I don't the think... I don't for, for, for a government a body, for a governing growth. body built around corruption and money, my guess is they don't care about the, pop, the, the popularity of the sport as much as they do... No, well, you just, had, you just had Russia and Qatar, the two corrupt. I don't know that you find another hugely corrupt candidate. Oh, prior to, to that, they had Brazil. Us. I mean, I think every everyone that Let's everywhere going goes here. is like, paying. Yeah, you think there's someone that's innocent? I think I mean, the U.S. is innocent, comparatively speaking, to oh, all these other uh, places. Chad, imagine if a story gets out about what the United States did to host this event and how it will be treated. Well, they versus- did something. I mean, it did just to lure the the FIFA over. You've done something. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not saying you know we have a migrant worker issue of indentured servitude like they do in. Over there, well, but even that, prior to that, by the they, way, HBO Real Sports has a great piece it. on that about the migrant workers and the problems 
uh, with that, uh, I recommend you watch it. Well, but, so so the, on the surface level, that what they tried to do to counteract that was they changed the rules for um, getting your the the exit pass or whatever you needed signed off on by your employer. Uh, but what happened was a lot of these companies uh, just refused to abide by the rule, and then there was no one that would step in and call them out for it. I think ESPN had the report that upwards of there, there were at least three uh, companies were found non-compliant in, in these areas, uh, where in 2018 Qatar ended the exit permit strategy, which was going back to you needed these these companies to sign off on your exit permit, and those are the ones that were, you know, building these stadiums. Well, let's let's expand this out. Because we know the corruption with IOC, with FIFA, with what's going on with this World Cup and how expensive it is and everything else. But we just had a Winter Olympics game come and go with a, barely a whisper yeah. in this country. I mean, record low ratings. Summer Olympics. In the United States. Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics in Beijing just happened. The, oh, the summer was 2008 in Beijing. But we saw an American blowback to that where they didn't care. They stopped watching. Because they're fed up with what's going on in China. Um, for in, in large numbers, I don't know what the rest of the world was like when it comes to that. Is there any level of corruption that can get European countries to tune out of the World Cup? Probably Is there not. any level of corruption that would get Germany, the UK, Italy, all the countries you just went through, Paul, Spain, to say, you know, I don't care as much. Ratings are going to be about half as much as they always are in November, December in this country because I just can't get behind an organization that allows this to go on. I don't believe so because they're not getting in their eyes behind an organization. They're getting behind guys who are representing their country against these other countries. But we, but, but Americans are very gung-ho and patriotic about getting behind their athletes in this game. It didn't happen this last go-around. It didn't happen in large numbers for the first time in 30, 40 years. It's not been that bad. Why can't the rest of the world do that? Is it just Americans that care about indentured servitude, or do other countries care about it? Yeah, I think you're making the Americans more high and mighty than they are. We've had this Well, what would, what would stop? Well, you just did that by saying there was no bribing going yeah, on you're, here. you're the one who's saying that. That American I, didn't do it. The American didn't do it, right? I, I, think that, uh, I think that FIFA, when it gets to somewhere like here, or Canada, or Mexico, or or France or Belgium and Holland or any Mexico? of these other places that that, that how do, well Mexico's part of our our thing. You some, think that if the World Cup games, comes to oh, Mexico, there, games, some, there will be games. Our there. bid is with Canada and Mexico. Some games will be played in Canada and Mexico. We can blame Mexico. That's why we, yeah. we included. No, I think it's a somewhat washing of their hands that they that they come some places that are not of the same ilk as Russia and Saudi Arabia. May, I, call me naive on that. I think that that people root for their countries at things like this and hold their nose at the, at the stink of it. I think everyone picks and chooses what they're outraged by, for sure. And I think that a lot of the sporting public is outraged by China, and maybe a lot of other people aren't. And I don't think a lot of people care enough, quite frankly, about what's going on in the in the making and building of this this. World Cup, and I, I, I'm, I'm a, I agree with you, Paul. I don't think many people in Europe care uh, that are soccer fans about it, but when sports 
and outrage line up and it causes people to not pay attention or not care. That's a big moment. Um, that, that happened in the Winter Games in, in this country. It just got me thinking about, is there any level of corruption or a country that you have a, an issue with? I know there's talk, Russia's not going to be in the World Cup, right? No. Or there's talk about that. No, there um, What if the World Cup was scheduled to be in Moscow? They would the world tune they in? They would have pulled it. They would have Man, pulled I, it. I just don't. It, it's it's interesting. There's qualifying to me what, games. It's interesting to what to gets FIFA out. to pull out. Yeah, you're saying like if, if in 2018, if this happened in 2018 During the war. in Russia, Russia hosted in 2018. If Russia yeah. was doing what it's doing to Ukraine now, there's no way they would have held the international event there. Russia was scheduled to still be in qualifying games for the World Cup, and they just crossed them out. It is, uh, it, but I mean, look, I, I, we can. I, I'm not defending any of this, but we could extrapolate it further. I see your car in the parking lot. You're not getting an electric car, so there's gas coming from some of these countries, and you're not objecting to that level. I see your phone. It's the same as mine. It's being made in China. So oh, I don't. You're I not don't drawing the line yeah, at, at that level. I, no, I'm not. I mean, I, I I don't own a lot of Nike, but anyone who owns Nike, you could say you're you're causing child labor, right? In China to happen with these cheaply made shoes. But so why are we turning right off the Olympics is, is a huge So why do we care statement. so much about Mickelson then? I, I don't know. I, so I don't know why we care about Mickelson turning off. Mickelson gets canceled, but yet, oh, we just deal with FIFA. It's just uh, part of the issue, the FIFA, and we know they're corrupt, and you know we'll deal with it because we're going to root for our country, I, even though they're going to take the bribe. I, I Keep I, in mind, they were, they were known for taking bribes and being corrupt when they went to Russia and went to Brazil and Brazil spent 15 billion on the infrastructure Qatar spending 220 billion I mean I, there is no comparison when you look at the bottom dollar on what's happening here compared to the previous two stops there's just not I don't I, th- I don't know how we don't look further into it than what we're doing I I, I think people I, I think it's because it's the international element of this. I think if it was an American thing only, I think people would look more into it. I think because people are just so crazy about soccer, they're willing to overlook anything to have the World Cup wherever. And they're willing to overlook what FIFA is going to do or where they're going to put it or over 6,500 migrant workers being forced in labor and deaths going on to build stadiums for that. I think that's where we are. Well, and I the Mickelson part of it, let me answer the question about Mickelson. People think he's an ingrate. That's why they don't like Mickelson. It's a, it's a Mickelson personal problem because they see a guy who's made millions. They're jealous of the millions he's made. He squandered it. He's having to sell a jet. He's having to sell homes because he's made bad investments. And then he comes out and says, well, it's the PGA's problem that I'm having these financial issues because I don't have the rights to everything. And then people go off on Phil Mickelson. I... Yeah, people didn't know he was in financial trouble when they made to, up their mind. Hutton, to a bigger extent, though, I don't think people care about what's going on in Saudi Arabia on the whole. I think this is more of a personal response to Phil Mickelson. I think they also put and it— people hating rich people. I think they also put it— when they no, what, no, what they hated was Mickelson saying, oh, you know, they've got all this stuff going on with the Saudis, but they're going to spend this money, so I'm going to take the money. That's exactly what FIFA's doing. They're, they're taking the money instead of looking behind where this is going. I think they put it, people put it in two different baskets also. Look, it's a big corrupt thing that they got it there in the first place, 
and that these workers are being uh, are dying and stuff, and that sucks, and people hate that. But once it's there, that the filthy rich people who are putting it on are spending billions and billions and billions of dollars to put it on, people consider a different thing. And so if it's going to be there, go ahead and give us a damn show. Well, that's not the case in, in uh, typical, I mean, in, in typical fashion, it, this is make up the rules as we go here. And I'm fascinated by why all of a sudden it's cool to take the Saudi money when two months ago it wasn't. And it was, it was no different. The Saudi, it was going to be Saudi funded with this Saudi Arabian tour, global tour of golf. And Mickelson was canceled for it. And in, instead of the, the global tour, it's going to be funded by the Saudis, in this case, Qatar. And they're, they're funding FIFA. And the, on top of the 220, they're lining the pockets of FIFA. And it's, it's known. But yet, you know, we look, at, we look the other way. Well, it's easier to be outraged. And I'm not, I'm not defending it. But it's, it's very clear that it's easier to be outraged with Phil Mickelson, this one rich golfer from the United States, when no one backs him up. Not one pro golfer. Bryson DeChambeau was offered way more than him and didn't take it, didn't talk about taking it. When everyone else starts coming out against Phil and saying, this guy needs to watch who he calls greedy and they're not taking the money, it's way easier to jump on Phil and cancel him than it is the entire world who is complicit with the World Cup yeah, over there if, in the, in the soccer be, community. If you're going all in against Phil Mickelson, you should be all in against this. And I, I just don't see the same. This is the, first, the, the, the front office sports put out the details of this. I mean, it, the, the number between Russia and Qatar stunned me. Well, this bid is also eight or ten years old. So there was international outrage when it happened. And, and they did it anyway. And, yes. you know, it just became a... Again, it like it's just kind of a... Just like the Beijing Olympics. Just an event. But to what Chad's saying, it's not just like the Beijing Olympics. I, I just think it's easier. Well, we don't know yet. Well, it's, again, of... it's just easier. It's not right or wrong. It's easier for people to cancel Phil Mickelson than to cancer, cancel global soccer. That's why people are just silent about it because we get closer and closer to the tournament. There's so many international soccer fans But we can cancel Russia but can't cancel China. I mean, again, like... It, we, well, we make United, up rules look, again, based on whatever's going on at the time. In the United States, we were able to essentially cancel, from a ratings perspective, the Winter Olympics. If the American football championship was being played in Saudi Arabia, and that was the Super Bowl, I'd like to see if Americans tuned out in great numbers to not watch that. I think it's just the level of interest is so much different. But the, the minute that the Olympics return to the States, people here will tune in. And it, there'll be no different in, you know, the 2026, whenever the FIFA World rolls Cup around here. Uh, but I'm, I'm here to say in 2022, whatever's happening to get the FIFA to Brazil and Russia and Qatar, I'm asking what the states did to get it. And I, I'm not naive enough to think that, oh, we're, you know, we're just different. Everything was on the up and up and FIFA wanted to look good. So they brought it to the states, not buying it. There were other countries that were willing to look good if that were the case. And it still went to the highest bidder. And 
based on who was in charge at the time, it went to the guy that was lining his pockets. So, and so willing to take bribes. Just, just to extend that, would you want America out of international sporting event business? I want no those Olympics, who are no willing that are willing to try to cancel people to stand up to what they say with every single thing that goes on. And in this case, on a global issue, a lot of people are silent that are very vocal on individuals. A lot of people are silent that sit back and uh, will speak on Russia but not speak on LeBron in the NBA in China. Very silent on it. LeBron's one of them. And in this case, I, I, I look at the map and I see Qatar and Saudi and I see a lot of the similar things going on and completely different spectrums on reaction. And, you know, if if you want to say you're playing there and we're going to support the fine. But uh, uh, allow people to feel how they want. If they want to go to Saudi and play golf, let them do that too. If you feel that way about the U.S. traveling there and playing. Here's what I don't understand. Why doesn't Phil Mickelson just go do that? Well, he might. Nobody he's not, else is doing He's it. not canceled in well, Saudi Arabia, so why go do that? Who's he playing against But, but that's there. the thing. He can't go do that because he can't take the top golfers in the world and create the tour that they wanted to create. There's no competition. Yeah, I mean, he, stu- he put himself out on a limb, and that limb cracked and fell. What they, what, needed, what they needed was a go-between. They needed yeah, a set bladder running And again, I, I think that we could get into selective outrage and spend two hours on it. That, that's, that's the case with, in a lot of areas. But Phil Mickelson was on an island by himself, not protected, and he got all the criticism for that. I think there's enough people who just want the World Cup and are willing to overlook. They've done it for generations yeah. with corruption with FIFA, and they're willing to overlook it as long as they have a good tournament. That their country's competing in, they want to watch it. I think that's just well, true for a lot of things. I think if the U.S. steps out of those international events, it only leaves it to get worse going other places all the time. I guess. I mean, but, but they're going there anyway with the U.S. involved. I mean, again, it went from well, Brazil to Russia to rotation. Qatar. Once a while in the rotation if it comes here. And who's up for the bid after U.S.? I don't know if we've gotten there yet. Probably Europe. Who knows? Back to Russia, China. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get, uh, the, no, there's no way we'll see this, though. I mean, it, I, could, that, no, like when I read this, I'm like, I'm like, Qatar's not even hiding it. They're laughing at everybody. Like, oh, yeah, I think it's we're very easy for FIFA to say, all right, Russia, you can't participate in this thing that we've all been corrupted and made billions off of in this country. You're out on this. But if it were. Well, that's not over Russia being corrupt, that's over Russia. What's, what's the war? line, though, right? Like, what if in 20 years, Russia annexes Ukraine and Kiev wants to host a World Cup? <laughs> but it's Kiev, Russia now, and not Kiev, Ukraine. Do they take the money? And then does the rest of the world tune in for the World Cup? I think so. Duke gets another five-star commitment. We'll tell you about him next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up, the money that Augusta National makes off the Masters versus what it could make. Outkick 360 rolls on. 
Kentucky, Ohio State, and Memphis were the finalists for the recent five-star recruit that chose Duke, McKenzie Mbako. He is yet another five-star. They also had uh, Tyrese Proctor, another five-star uh, commitment, land to John, John Shire's class. John Shire and Duke, they have 27% of all five stars for the 2023 class. Think John about Shire that. is off to a hell that, of a start. That's I don't know unbelievable considering Coach K's coach out. You know, it, can he coach a game, Chad? Can he do X's and O's? I'm about to say something very controversial here, but... <laughs> you don't need him. <laughs> this, this gentleman. <laughs> this gentleman. You don't need five stars. No, no, not that at all. You don't need X's and O's. This makes, this makes me believe. I say this partly tongue-in-cheek because the way we okay. recruit and what's fair and not has changed. Oh, yeah. And evolved. This makes me recruit or believe Coach K was actually clean the entire time. And Duke's finally cheating. <laughs> like, this is unbelievable. It's nuts. This is the greatest recruiting class of all time. This is the Texas A&M yeah. of recruiting classes. Now, they also could just have a much better NIL plan than any other program, just like A&M did, does right now in the beginning of recruiting. And they know how to target guys and what to do. But I, I, when I saw this news... And I look at that, that stat, 27% of all five stars, I think, man, Coach K must have been a lot cleaner than I thought. So how many, how many five stars <laughs> This did guy really there? did recruit just based on the school and based on his own personality. This is their fourth. Fourth? I'm somewhat kidding. I understand the appeal of Duke. So there man, aren't a lot. What a start for John This Shire. is their fourth. And he has, they have 27% of the five stars for the 2023 class. Congrats. The five rich get richer. Uh, yeah, nuts. Coming up, the Masters and – what they're making on a weekend where Scheffler takes home the green jacket.